Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to everyone who's been sharing the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. I can't believe I was realizing that this is, in our year of doing these podcasts, probably the first time we've dedicated one to the fruit of the Spirit. So it's about time, but let's get right in here. So Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. When you see Paul talking about the flesh, usually in the same context, he talks about the spirit. Why? Because you have two opposites. It's like that song, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see, right? You, you, the gospel is the ultimate contrast. I was dead and now I'm alive. I was lost, but now I'm found, right? Um, I was sick, but now I'm whole. Salvation is healing for the spirit of man. Uh, supernatural healing is healing for the body of man, right? And then there's healing for the soul of man, which is is dealing with depression and and anxiety and all these things, right? So we see this, that this is the fruit of the Spirit. So what does this mean? Number one, the fruit of the Spirit is, is what the Holy Spirit brings into your life at salvation. I'll say that again. The fruit of the Spirit is what the Holy Spirit brings with him into your spirit at the time of salvation. You've got to look at salvation as that this is when God moves in to occupy uh, his home, right? The Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the body is the temple, but our spirit man is where the Holy Spirit resides. So when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. It isn't just in, at when you get speaking tongues, that's the baptism into the Holy Spirit. You get indwelt by the Holy Spirit at salvation. So look at, Holy, look, at, look at salvation as that's when the Holy Spirit comes to move and live on the inside of you. He takes up residence. And so what happens? The Bible actually says you receive a new heart, right? He says in Ezekiel 36, 26, I'll take out a stony heart. I'll put in a heart of flesh. So at salvation, he brings a new heart. Now, obviously, that's not, we're not talking about the new muscle that of the heart that pumps the blood, but the new, it's, it's heart and spirit are interchangeable. So God gives you a new spirit, and then the Holy Spirit comes and lives there. So that's why it's called a new birth, because it's a birth of a brand new spirit. And that's why we can say, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. You may look no different from when you got, when you were saved or when you were unsaved, but you're brand new because you are a spirit. You're not, you're not a body first. You're a spirit first. And so the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, and he brings with him these fruits. Number two, it's, it's the character that's produced in your spirit. So it really is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but it's also the fruit of the born-again human spirit. So if we opened up your spirit, man, and we looked inside, what would we see? We would see these things. We would see love, joy, peace. So I want to go show you in a couple other passages where it says this. First of all, love. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. What you need to understand is that God gave you everything that you need. The Bible says that God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So it changes the way that you pray. Because for me to say, God, I need more love is not the correct prayer. That's like saying, God, I need more salvation. Salvation, salvation is, is, is something that God did for me. He purchased it at Calvary. He paid for it. He made it available at Calvary. I enter in. But it's a, it's a change. That's why I can become instantaneously, I can pass from death to life. So to say, God, I need more love is not correct. 
that's like saying, God, I need to be more of a human. Or that's like saying, you know, if, you know, when I'm older, I'll be more of a human. No, you're, you're, you're either a human or you're a different species, right? You're, you are full of the love of God. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. If you say, God, I need more love, you know what God's gonna, how God's going to answer that? He, you know, men, the Bible says we don't know how we're supposed to pray. And so praying in tongues, praise the perfect will of the Father. Because many times we don't know how we're supposed to pray. Holy Spirit, come and touch us tonight. We just ask you to come. Where did he go? He lives inside me. Now you can say, Lord, as we come together in one accord, move mightily in our midst. We, there's something about being in one accord together. But it's like people think the Holy Spirit's coming down from the, la- the rafters. You know, when I teach in healing school, I say healing doesn't come from the rafters. Healing, God doesn't send healing from heaven. God sends healing is inside the Holy Spirit. Who, who's where? He's inside you. So when you get healed, the healing's actually already on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the, he's the anointing on the inside of you. And so there's, there's an understanding that you, you pray differently. I, I, I'm not at God, give me more love. God, give me faith. God, give me peace. God, make me joyful. No, he did that work at salvation. That's why it's called the finished work of the cross. For the fruit of the spirit, it's, it's basically the luggage the Holy Spirit brought with him when he set up inside your heart. He brought perfect love. He brought perfect peace. He brought perfect joy. So that's number one. He brought love. I want to show you the scripture that talks about peace. The Bible says in in um, John chapter 14 and verse 27, uh, for peace, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God gives you the peace at salvation. So you don't need to, God, I just need you to give me peace. No, you have all the peace that you need inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? The word is yield. You yield to the peace. That's, that's why people like, oh, I'm just not a very, you know, what do you have to watch what you're speaking? Oh, I'm just not a very peaceful person. No, you are. You're, you're a child of God. You're a child of peace. You have the peace of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ left you an inheritance and it's his own peace. So you never struggle. I just need to be at peace. No, no. You need to align your thoughts with the word of God. Say this with me. Say, I'm a peaceful person. I got the peace of God on the inside of me. Man, take a deep breath. I'm full of peace. I don't know anyone more peaceful than me. I'm covered in the peace of God. The peace of God would pass us all understanding guards my heart and my mind. It's already there. It's resident on the inside of you. You yield and you allow the peace of God access to your life. So that's the peace. What's the next one? Love, joy, peace. So let's go to joy. So the Bible says in John 15, 11, I've told you these things that so that my joy may be in you. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So whose joy is it? You know, you have the joy of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. The Bible says that God anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. So that, that's, I mean, I, I claim that for myself. Man, I'm the happiest, most joyful person I know. Even in times of persecution, in times of hardship. I'm the most joyful person I know. I'm full of the joy of God. I got God's very own joy. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It says, with joy shall you draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. There's a well of joy. And it's not you, well, you know, it's not really my personality. I'm more melancholy. You know, I've just always been more, a little little more sober, sober sober-minded. I've been a little more somber. That's the word I'm looking for. 
No, that's not what the Bible says. You've got the joy of the Holy Spirit. People, when they see people get touched with the joy, they just say, oh, that's their personality. No, it's not. It's got nothing to do with personality. It's got to do with yielding to the Holy Ghost. He has an inheritance for you. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? It's the it's what He brings with Him. And it's it's what you can expect to walk in as you yield to the Holy Ghost. I heard Oral Roberts say this. He says, joy is an earmark of a Christian. You show me someone who's full of joy. I mean, it's only the Christian that can have that type of joy. Because he says, I give you joy, not as the world gives. The world doesn't deal with joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is not mental. Happiness is mental. Joy is spiritual. I mean, no one in their right mind, this will show you it's not of the mind, no one in their right mind takes a whipping for Jesus and goes, goes out rejoicing, thankful that they can have suffered for the sake of Christ. I mean, you get punched for certain, I mean, no, but it's, hey, I get to bear reproach, the reproach of Christ. That's joy. It comes from the spirit, man. People, you know, you could take someone $2 million and they can be happy. They can be, you know, they can be living on a high for a few days, but then life still kicks in and their marriage still sucks and things are still bad. They, people deal with happiness and that's why there's always a hole. And so that's why when they say, you know, there's a hole that only Jesus can fill, it's, it's true because it's spiritual. The spirit of people can be happy, but there's something missing in their spirit. And that's why people who are the richest, most famous, you would think they have everything. They commit suicide. They overdose. They, they go because they think I need, there's still something inside of me outside. You know, it's this ultimate disappointment. I had someone that I worked with who worked hard, worked hard for a few years. And then in one year made 250,000 and he came to my brother and said, you know, Tim, I think I got to go to church with you. Tim said, yeah. He said, yeah, man. He's like, I thought when I made good money like this, that, that it would answer a lot of questions for me. He's like, I, I'm, I'm less happy now than I've ever been. And that's the way it goes. Money outside of the kingdom of God can give you temporary happiness. I mean, you know, as kids, we always dreamed about, for me, I always dreamed about like there was that uh, Toys R Us thing that they did. You had two minutes to run and put as much stuff in your shopping cart. I mean, the adult version of that is like, take me to the gun store for like two minutes and let me just run around and just <laughs> buy, you know, but that is only satisfies for a while. But when you get home and you're sitting by yourself, you know, what hap- what's happening on the inside? Joy is a spiritual gift from God. It's what God gives you and it's what God wants to lead you into. You should become more joyful the, the further you go into the things of God. It shouldn't be that you're joyful because you're born again and you don't know any better. And then, oh, you know, I sombered up because now I'm a real serious Christian. You know, the world's dying. No, no. Yes, the world is dying, but I'm obeying God. And so I don't carry that burden. That's not my burden to carry. I do exactly what God tells me to do. The fruit of the Spirit is what God wants to see manifest in your life. And so if I can look at a Christian and see, I don't see love. I see them selfish. They put themselves first. They're not walking in the Spirit. And then this is what happens. And please hear me on this. This is how you choose. Because I can say something like walk in the Spirit. And people, you know, it's vague. It's Christian talk. And so people don't know how to, what do you mean walk in the Spirit? Tell me practically what that means, right? I can preach to you and all preaching should lead to, tell me what I must do, right? That's what they said. What must we do to be born again after, after Peter preached to them? And so what it means is God, there will come opportunities for you to either walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. And there's always that conflict. So let me actually go back in Galatians. So right before the fruit of the spirit, it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath. What a big one, wrath, strife. Do you have strife in your home? 
seditions, heresies, envyings. Do you, are you envious of people? When someone else gets blessed, are you, is your first thought, man, how come I didn't get blessed? Murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such alike, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Envy will keep you out of the kingdom of God. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's the stuff that the devil, it's, you know, it's only either God or it's the devil. There's no middle ground. The, the work of the flesh, you might as well say it's the work of the devil. It's the flesh that's corrupt. It's the, the nature of the devil, right? That's what the flesh is. So the Bible says you crucify the flesh. Because even when you're born again, it's not like the flesh just gives up. There's still this war. But you, what do you do? It's like when you go in line and someone's a jerk to you. You have a decision to be a jerk back and to be the person who's right or, you know, whatever, or to be kind. You have opportunities to walk in love when someone's not nice to you. And you just say, you know what? Bless God. What would Jesus do? You know, you have opportunities. When you say, God, I need more love. He says, okay, I'll send you someone tomorrow to test your love walk. God, I need more joy. Okay. Maybe more hardship will come. Not that God's sending him, but things come so that you can, even when it's difficult, learn to walk in joy. Lord, I need to be more peaceful. All right. Well, well, if you need peace, you need to figure out my peace will be there. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So at the point where it gets the, the storm gets most out of control, that's where you learn. You learn to have peace when the storm is raging, where you can sleep in the back of the boat. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life. This is the, the fruit, the effect of his work in your life. If you see someone who's been born again for 20 years and you see no joy, no peace, there's always strife, there's always jealousy, they're always talking bad about somebody, they're, they're, they haven't been just, they just aren't, they're not walking in the spirit and they'll never walk in victory. You know, the, I heard a minister say this and it's always stuck, stuck out for me. The first and greatest battle is the battle over self. And so you make a decision every day. You wake up and your roommate's being a jerk and, and you ask them 10 times and they haven't cleaned up their dishes, right? And you, you know, it's just simple. I just ask them to pick up their socks and you, you have a decision every time. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to overlook it. I'm going to have grace. Maybe eventually you'll find another roommate. If you're married, that's not an option. But you're, I'm going to have grace. It's, it's what the Holy Spirit wants to produce as long as you yield. And so what I want to say is don't focus on your shortcomings. The devil wants to keep you focusing where you miss it. Because we can talk, I can talk about this and then the devil can poke me like, yeah, you're really envious, this happened. And you can beat yourself up. That's not how you win at this. How you win is you say, Lord, I'm sorry where I've messed up. But Lord, I'm focusing on you. I'm focusing on changing. You know, to have a mindset of, you may be in Bible school, you may be a Bible school graduate, you may, have been a, you may be a pastor's kid, it may be many things and you feel like you need to be perfect. But to give yourself grace and say, Lord, I'm still figuring this thing out. Lord, please help me. Lord, I need your grace. Have grace on me because, Lord, I'm still just figuring this thing out. Father, I'm not perfect, but Lord, I'm trying. Lord, look at me. I, I joke around and I say this. If someone says, Pastor Ryan, is there anything I can do for you? And I say, yeah, if you see the Lord, just tell him I'm trying. Just tell the Lord I'm trying. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'm, I'm moving forward. The devil wants to get you stuck on where you miss it. Don't get stuck on where you miss it. Be thankful that you're born again. Lord, I want to be just, I, I want to walk. You know, Paul said, and I'll end with this. Paul said in Galatians 1.14, he said, and 15, he said that God in the right time, you know, called me from my mother's womb and chose me. He said, so that he might re re reveal to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. What God does first before he has you preach 
is he reveals his son in you. The character of Jesus Christ becomes evident in your life. But it's by yielding. It's by saying, all right, Lord, this is normal. You know, my Sunday school teacher may have flipped out. I may have seen this example from my, my parents. I may have seen whatever. The, the average Christian may not be walking in love every time, may not be a peaceful person, may not have overwhelming joy. But bless God, I don't judge my, my standard is not other Christians. My standard is the Bible. Man, I like that. The Bible standard. I love that. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.